Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Welcome to another edition of Ramble with Russell, show 492 of my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today as we talk about a number of things. First thing up, we go back to 1988 and the new animated release of a... a graphic novel classic with Batman the Killing Joke on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Then we go from a man who likes to dress up to other men who like to dress up for completely different reasons, and back to a wartime England with the DVD review of The Dresser, starring Sir Ian McKellen and Anthony Hopkins. Then we go from the theater of, of, of drama and acting to the theater of the hospital if you will, to another operating room with the brand new medical drama, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, the DVD review of Cold Black Season 1. Then we go from the medical field to politics, where there's always some kind of operating going on, with Veep Season 5, video on demand review, courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment. That's it. That's all on the docket for this show. We're going to take a little musical interlude right up with the first review right after this. Animated Blu-ray movie review for this episode is a DC Universe original movie, Batman the Killing Joke, on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Now, this is a project that's been a long time coming. The original graphic novel came out back in 1988 and was kind of like a one-shot, something that was just supposed to come out, you know, just a one-and-done, but it really had a big impact on the DC Universe at the time. The story, kind of, the original centers around the, the, the Joker, mostly, and and kind of retells his origin story. Now, this is back in 1988. Things weren't as, um, I don't know... Well, the, the, what, what it was done, it was that the authors, the people who created it, wanted to really kind of... The writers of Alan Moore and artist uh, Brian Bolin really wanted to make a difference here. And if you know Alan Moore, he's one of those guys that never really was afraid to do things. And And this is one of those novels that kind of explores... What happened if you just had a really bad day? And 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 he argues that that's kind of what created Joker. He just had one really bad day. And this story is kind of a spin-off of 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 the 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 Batman origin story really. And and under the Red Hood. So it's kind of like 
we take that little piece of Batman history and we kind of expand on it. Now, this story has been hinted a lot in the past before they made a full movie of it. Of course, the killing joke, the, what happens in the novel, was, was, uh, was the, the opening of Birds of Prey, if you remember. And actually, Mark Hamill came back and did that little bit of a voiceover for that. As well, we, we recently saw the, 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 the scene with, with um, Barbara Gordon and Joker get played out in Batman Arkham Knight. And in other various Batman things, like even the Batman referred to the killing joke as well. So we, we've had a lot of references to this, but not a lot. We haven't really had a full kind of retelling of the graphic novel. And it do, did a really good job here by, by recreating it. Now, what's really cool is they, they bring back Tara Strong as a voice of Batgirl slash Barbara Gordon. Uh, Kevin Conroy returns as the voice of Batman, and Mark Hamill once again returns as the voice of Joker. Now, if you know history lately, Hamill has, has been kind of like, I've done Joker enough, I really don't want to do him much anymore, unless it's a really good script and something that really intrigues me. And he always said, back in 2011, he said, you know what, if they do uh, an animated version of The Killing Joke, I want in. I want to be the voice of Joker in that. And And he... <laughs> And this story seems to keep pulling him back to doing the voice work for it. He's very selective on his Joker stuff these days. But um, it was great hearing him in this. Him and Conroy just have a, a really good working relationship. And, 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 and those two always sound good. In a, in a way, this, this novel, or this animated movie, is, is almost another spin-off from Batman the Animated Series. Of course, in Batman the Animated Series... They always implied that Barbara Gordon and, and Bruce Wayne, you know, Batgirl and Batman had a bit of a, I don't know, a relationship, if you will. It, it, it kind of started off as he was a surrogate father figure, but as time went on, you always kind of wondered, I don't know, there's a little bit more than him just seeing her just seeing him as another father. And, and yeah, they <laughs> really explore that. Now, one, one thing that they do in this movie, which they didn't do in the novel, I think they they wanted, one, to provide some kind of padding, and two, I guess they wanted to kind of reintroduce people to Batgirl before they did what they did to her. So, at the start of of this movie, there's a big prologue where we get to see Barbara Gordon in full Batgirl garb, you know, doing her thing, and they and they establish that you know, her and Bruce Wayne are, are more than just friends, and and it really kind of takes that whole relationship, what they severely hinted at, in Batman the Animated Series, but they never really pulled the gun on it because they're trying to keep it PG. Yeah, they yeah it it is what you kind of always thought it was. Now, as of most usual DC Universe original animated movies. This is not a PG movie. It is quite violent. There are mature sexual themes in this. So even though even though the the original Batman animated series and Justice League and all that stuff, other than a few bits of animated blood, it's it's pretty PG. Uh, as usual with these direct video releases, this is not. So if any of your little kids out there want to watch it, I'd caution too young because there are some adult themes in it. I mean, Alan Moore was never a man to hold back, and then they really tried to stay true to his vision of it. 
Now, I will tell you, uh, the, the ending to this movie is somewhat anticlimactic. But then again, they're going the same ending of the graphic novel. So just keep that in mind. Some people won't like it because, all right, we build up to the build up to this point, and then it's kind of over. And, and some people are going, well, what? But if you read the comic book, it's exactly how the comic book ended. So interpret how you will. Uh, so, so that's... But if you're not familiar with it, you're going to find the ending kind of weird. Uh, overall, it was great to hear the, the voice cast back again. You can tell, as I said, there's a certain comfortability factor with them all, and, and they really enjoy working together. Uh, for extras, no commentary. You know, they haven't done commentary forever on these releases, and it's really a shame because I would have liked to heard it. Uh, you do get uh, exclusively in Blu-ray the, the Batman, the Killing Joke, the Many Shades of the Joker featurette. This is a nice little featurette where they talk about just the, the evolution of the Joker and, and, and how the character has changed. You also get to hear from um, Tara Strong and a little bit of Kevin Conroy talking about their involvement. Now, sadly, even though he's referred to when Tara Strong talks about him, nothing from Mark Hamill talking about him playing the Joker, which is really a shame. I would have... Like to have heard that or, or, or heard a little bit segment with him talking about, oh, you know, what brought him back to this particular project and how he liked doing it. So, you know what? Yeah, ask him at a convention, but that's, you know, <laughs> get it here. Uh, you also get uh, Batman, uh, Madness Set to Music featurette. This is a nice little featurette where they talk about scoring this particular video. Uh, then, then from the DC vault, you get two bonus cartoons, and these ones um, are, are kind of make sense. You have you have the old episode from Batman, the animated series of Christmas with the Joker, which is a classic Batman, Dick Grayson, Batman, Robin, Joker story, and it also talks about Joker and not having family, so it it kind of ties in to. To that, and the the second uh, bonus cartoon is Old Wounds, where it it's a little further along in the Batman animated series line, where Nightwing meets up with Tim Drake, and and Nightwing tells the story of why him and Batman just don't get along anymore, and and shows the breakup between them, and of course also shows Barbara Gordon's involvement as well. So, although people who maybe are not familiar with the Batman animated series goes. Why? Who is that redheaded chick that he doesn't really say by name? But that's so you you get that, and those both tie into, and they're both great episodes if you haven't watched them from Batman the Animated Series. Also, you do get a sneak peek into the next uh, DC Universe project, and that is going to be Dark Justice. This this is this is the animated feature of the Dark Justice League, where you have characters. From that, I guess the darker side of DC, where you have Zantana teaming with John Constantine, teaming with, I believe, possibly the Spectre, and the Demon Etrigan, one of my favorite characters. God is the form of man, behold the Demon Etrigan. So that is cool. That is coming out sometime this fall, so I'll be looking to get my hands on that, and I'll review that for you 
on this very show. So overall, a really nice retelling of the story. Hamill does a great job. I love the the um, the origin story of the Joker because Hamill gets to play Joker before he was Joker. So you hear a little bit in his voice, but it's like this is the man before he fell into a vat of acid kind of thing. And, and tries to paint the character in a sympathetic light. But then again, you don't know if that's a true origin of the Joker or just something that he's made up because he's that twisted. So you have that. Uh, overall, uh, a, a nice adaptation. A lot of people, and I agree, kind of, you know, could have done without the big Batgirl prologue, but obviously they didn't just want to go, here's Barbara Gordon, and there she goes. Also, at the end of this, they do add a, a scene with Barbara, which wasn't in the comic book. I believe they did that so that they wouldn't end them. Don't say it, but they wouldn't end the movie on it down. And they go, oh, man, we just finished with all this. We've we got to show something at the end to kind of go, you know, kind of not just leave Barbara Gordon lying on the floor bleeding. So they do. They, they kind of pad it a little bit. So that's up to you whether or not you think that was necessary or they should have just well that alone. Uh, so that's that. Overall, a good adaptation. Not for kids, especially not for young kids, because uh, I said, I mean, you know, one point, Gordon's getting around, <laughs> around naked. It's PG kind of naked, sort of. But it's still a very violent thing. But it is very, it does pose a question, is, is what if you had a really really bad day would that change you and and Gordon and I tell you Joker tries his best to try to mess with Gordon that way and and it's you know an interesting kind of personality question so that is my take of Batman the Killing Joke on Blu-ray DVD combo pack courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment <laughs> Had a bad day. You wanna wish it away? Just singing to sleep and start anew. Cause nothing was right. The skies were bright. So glad when the day became night. There's nothing to say. Just had a bad day. Fell out of bed, got up, I slipped and bumped your head. So jumped in the shower to warm up, but turned on the cold tab instead. Looked to the time, sorry it was late. Ran for the bus, but the world wouldn't wait. What can you say? Just had a bad day. Oh, if it rained, rain down on you, oh, don't stay down alone, just remember what the rain can do.
been just out of sight But maybe today You just had a bad day Go back to bed Relax Let time heal the cracks Shut the door Switch the light Make friends with the night Maybe tomorrow will be sweet And everything quite a treat So slip away You just had a bad day Go on, dream away Just had a bad day Oh, maybe today This episode is The Dresser, courtesy of Anchor Bay Home Entertainment. Now, this stars Sir Ian McKellen and actually Sir Anthony Hopkins in a very kind of period piece movie. This movie set, sets place in World War II where bombs are falling in London and yet a production company is still performing. They're, they're performing a performance this night. It's like... It's like a Shakespearean company, and they take turns doing Shakespearean plays. And this night, it's King Lear. Now, Anthony Hopkins plays Sir. That's all I really call him, and he's he's the main guy in here who's playing King Lear. And the way this movie is structured is that it the movie is all the night of the performance. So we see them getting ready for it, actually performing, and then kind of wrapping up. And the story revolves mostly around Sir... And 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 the the character uh, and and his kind of dresser Norman played by Ian McKellen and and the kind of friendship they have there and the relationships around that friendship and I gotta give credit to to Anthony Hopkins in this one he is such a chameleon and even at his age the the role he plays in this one of sir is is he plays very good like an older theatrical guy who who's been around for a long time he's done over 200 uh, performances of king lear and this is tonight was his 228th appearance as king lear so he's been around a long time and he plays such a guy that's batshit crazy literally like a, a certain point he just flies off the handle and it it's really and yet, and then he calms down. It's really a good performance. And and Ian McKellen as his kind of dresser, the kind of man who stands in between the star and everybody else in the production company, is is really really kind of heartfelt and, and and funny a lot of times. And I'm a guy. I don't know if I t- said in this past. I've worked. I've done small theater. I performed. You know, I've done plays in the past, and I've worked with small theater companies. So I know that kind of feel that this movie is trying to portray. And and you can tell that this theater company has been around for a long time and and the, the kind of relationships that that form with it. And the makeup job that they did with Sir Anthony to to Anthony Hopkins for King Lear is amazing. I mean the amount of makeup they put on his face just to get in costume is really impressive. So this is very much a drama drama and and it's just, you know, it's a story about friendships and, you know, in a small kind of theatrical company. 
overall, and it's really nice to see Ian McKellen and Anthony Hopkins work together. I, I haven't seen... Oh, I can't remember the last time I saw these two work together, but they really play off together really well. Now, this was a stage play that got turned into a movie, and I can see how this movie could have been done as a stage play because you don't really need a lot of sets. There's the dressing room and then the stage and like little areas in between, but that's really all you, you, you need, and I could see easily how this could have been a stage play. And after seeing the movie, I'd be almost curious to see the stage play and see how it actually is done live in the theater. For extras, you do get from stage to screen where they do talk about that, and master and assistant where they talk about the relationship between the dresser and the star. Now, sadly, there's no audio commentary in this by either the director or the stars in the movie. I would have liked to have heard that. Uh, it would have been nice to hear it. I know Ian McKellen has done commentary on previous movies, especially Lord of the Rings stuff, and it would have been nice to hear him do it for this one. And, and, and it's nice to see these two together. You know, I don't know how many more years these two actors have left. And, and it's nice to see that they're still acting strong in this movie. And it's a nice kind of slice in the theater life. If you're up for a nice period kind of piece drama, you can't pretty much go wrong with The Dresser. So that is my take of The Dresser on the DVD, courtesy of great folks at Bay Home Entertainment.
show on DVD review for this episode is Code Black Season 1, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, normally on the show, you know me, I don't talk about a lot of medical shows. I mean, a while back I talked about The Nick. But generally, I'm not a big fan of medical shows. I wanted to be a med- you know, if I wanted to look at guts all day, I would have gone into medicine. So generally, I don't like looking at people's innards. They're in for a reason. I don't want to see them. So typically, I avoid medical shows because I just don't like them. Uh, but for once, I saw this come up in the schedule, and I thought, you know what? I've heard good things about this show. I'll give it a chance. Now, most of the times when I watch medical shows, I'm going to be honest with you, Ramblers, I generally look the other way when they're, like, putting hands deep into people. That's just, mm-mm-mm. Nope, not for me. This this story centers around the um, the hospital in Los Angeles, the L.A. County Hosp- Memorial Hospital, the the angels, if you will, and the lives of the doctors and the nurses there. As this season starts, we get introduced to four new kind of fresh off the, 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 the truck kind of doctors, four residents doctors in the form of the characters of Krista Lawrenson, played by Donnie, Bonnie Somerville, Malaya uh, Benita, played by M- Melanie Chandra, Mario Savetti, played by Benjamin Hogginsworth, and Angus Layton, played by Harry Ford. So these are the 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 new guys in this unit. Now, typically, in the way this works, I didn't know this about hospitals. They have different codes, and code black is when a hospital gets overrun with patients, and there's far too many for them to handle, but they got to handle it anyway. And and typically, you know, most hospitals only do that at certain times a year. This hospital in L.A. does it 300 times a year. So this is pretty crazy. And and the 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 hospital the operating room reminds me a lot of like Mash in a way, but a lot more chaotic and a lot more crazy. And but it's very much kind of a wartime kind of operating room. Like we just bunch a bunch of people in, try to get people fixed up, and then get to the next one. So it's that kind of mentality that these guys are going with. Also, so those are your newbies. Your kind of veteran doctors are um, are Dr. Leanne Rush, played by uh, Mar- Marsha Gay Harden, and Dr. Neil Hudson, played by Raza Jeffrey. Jeffrey, they're kind of the um, the senior resident nurses, uh, doctors there. Also, your head nurse, who calls himself Mama, uh, Jesse uh, Sounder, is played by Louise Guzman, who's been in a ton of things. And so he's kind of your head ER nurse in this. The story basically revolves around them just cheating people on the fly and these four new residences kind of getting used to, you know, this is the big time, you know, you got to really step up and and their relationships with that. And I know I, I'm not a huge Marsha Gay Harden fan, but she really does a good job here. All these doctors have problems. Krista, she lost a child when she was young, uh, when she was, uh, you lost a young child years ago. Mario is, is a street guy who's just trying, he has nothing else other than this. Just, if he loses this, he can't do anything else. Angus is kind of trying to compete with his older brother who's famous, who comes in later on in the season. And then Malaya is, is one of those like really smart girls that did really well in school, but then she has to kind of function with the real world. And she also has 
a bit of um, a relationship as well there. They don't outright call her a lesbian, but I think she kind of is, but they don't really say it. But, but there's, there's a relationship with her and another doctor as well. You, you, and this is the kind of show, even the first season, no, some characters are not safe. There are characters in this first season that do not survive until the second season, which is kind of harsh, but that's the reality of it. So it's a very kind of visceral, kind of in-your-face show. There, There is some humor in it. It's very much kind of black humor, so you kind of have to, like, dark humor, so you have to take that into effect. For for extras, you do get a whole bunch of deleted alternative scenes for almost every episode of the show. They really put that in. You also get Crash Course. This is a nice feature where they actually talk about what the actors did to prep, to prep for this role. A lot of these actors learned so much that they could actually work, a, you know, legitly in the medical field. Uh, you also have uh, Doctor's Notes. This is a great featurette on the composer of this show. The music in this show is is very interesting. It, it, it's 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 a little bit different. Uh, one, uh, you, you you the piano you hear in this show, <laughs> you may be hearing yourself. Wow, the piano sounds a little bit off. It's off because the composer deliberately smacked it with a hammer to make it slightly out of tune, so that would fit in to the nature of the show. So so that that's kind of cool. A lot and the characters go through a lot. Angus at one point, um, at one point makes a uh, makes makes a choice that is definitely going to haunt him in second season. It, it it you know he 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 has a moment and he makes a choice. And you're like, oh buddy, you just did that. So that's there. Um, so we have, we have that and, and it's, it's pretty good as the story goes on. You really get invested in the characters. There's a lot of growth, a lot of moments. Mario and Angus have a weird kind of bromance in this, a kind of a love hate relationship. They, they, they they needle each other, but they really care for each other. It's, it's a very odd relationship. Also, Krista and Neil, um, form a bond, but then there's an ex that comes in, and yeah, she stirs some crap as well. So there's a lot of drama in this show, and it's it's well done. You also have a gag reel with this too. Uh, and your main featurette is Cole Black, The Faces of Angels. This is a nice 28 minute featurette where we get to with each of the cast members get to talk about the show and their role in the show, and we get to hear from the creators as well. So yeah. The only thing this thing is really missing would have been some um, commentary. I would have liked to have seen that, you know, in, in at least one of the episodes, at least in the first one and maybe the last one. That would have been nice to, to hear that. But we don't get that, sadly. Overall, uh, a fun show. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, you know, and this is me from a guy who doesn't generally like hospital dramas. But if you can just... Get away from looking at the gore. I mean, I, I still to this day, and I'm not a surgeon, I never will be. I don't get why people have to muck around so much in people's innards. Like, do, 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 do. I'm just playing around and doing stuff that causes smoke to rise from the body and I'm burning here and I'm doing that. To me, it's just, 
I, I don't see what the hell they're doing and how this is really saving a person other than you're just mucking with their innards. And maybe call me ignorant. I don't know. I'm not a medical dude. I don't know. But, but, <laughs> just like, uh, uh, I, I don't get what exactly they're doing half the time. And I don't want to look at it. I really want to know. So that is my take of uh, Cold Black Season 1 on DVD, courtesy the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Hot summer night I got it. is Veep Season 5, courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment, and it's available on iTunes, on iTunes Store and Google Play. Now, this is the fifth season of Veep, and, and you know, Season 4 left on a bit of a cliffhanger where we're like, 
Ooh, is, you know, Selena Maher going to be president? Is she going to be officially elected president or not? Because we had season four where the, the, the previous POTUS kind of left the office and she assumed command. But she wants to be officially voted in, right? She doesn't just want to be handed the presidency. So we ended season four with a big question mark. Is she going to get in? Well, season fifth, five begins and there's a tie. There's actually a tie between her and the other candidate. And this storyline goes on for quite a bit in this fifth season. Also, in this fifth season, Selena's daughter gets a love interest by someone that um, I didn't expect. So we have that. So, so it's a combination of Selena is trying to still be presidential while still trying to fight for the presidential office. Hugh Laurie, of course, is back as Tom, her running mate, who who really, <laughs> he's a very, I, this, I like Hugh Laurie better in this show than I did like him in House. Go figure. So that's really the focus of this fifth season. Also, Jonah gets, gets um, does a run for Congress because Selena needs him to be a congressman to help her kind of break the, the, the tie. So a lot of this season is the tie. As usual with Veep, there's a lot of funny moments. The humor is, you really kind of have to like that humor. And it really is a fun show. As usual, it's crude. It's very crass. Not for the prudish whatsoever, language-wise and content-wise. Selena is as crass as ever. And that's what kind of makes the show appealing, thinking you're thinking, are are the politicians really this crass? Maybe they are. And the season ends in a way, in a very interesting way that makes you go, how the hell are they going to do season six? Because it didn't, let's say things don't end the best way for Selena. Now, they do hint at maybe a loophole that she may pursue in season six, but it's almost a bit of a downer and it could almost seem like a series finale for Veep. Now, if the series did totally end that way, I think there'd be a lot of pissed people. <laughs> there really would be. So I'm pretty sure it's not a season, a, se- a series finale. Somehow, Selena's going to have to come back in season six. I have an idea of what she can pursue, but I don't know how they're going to do it and how much they're going to drag this whole situation out. We'll see. It- it- it's funny. Uh, and throughout this fifth season too, Catherine is is doing is filming Selena for a project, and she asked her at one point, "What do you do if you lose? What's your plan if you lose?" And Selena's like, ah, "I'm not gonna lose. I don't want to think about losing. I'm a, I'm a concentrate on the positivity." Da da, and and that's a very interesting question. Overall, I did like the show. Does it help to watch previous seasons before you watch this season? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, the, 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 the relationship of the characters and how they all get, get together and, and, and act with each other, yeah, it really does help. It's not one of these shows you can totally jump into because then you miss some of the interplay uh, of, of the characters in it. Overall, a, a, a fun show... And I'm just not sure where they're going to go with six. Be very, it really intrigues me when it comes to that. 
So that is my take of Veep Season 5 on Video On Demand, courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment, and it's available on the iTunes Store and on Google Play. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at RamblingRuss, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and favorites I get on Twitter. Uh, it is fantastic. And any new followers that follow, follow me on the Twitter field. As well, on social media, you can check me out on Facebook. Just type in Ramble with Russell in the Facebook search engine. You'll find my page. And, and check it out and give it a like. Uh, as always... I, if I get any cover art with any of my reviews, I always put a cover art for books or movies. I generally post it on either Twitter or on Facebook, and then that's where I do most of my updates. Of course, you can check out all the new episodes right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm show 18411. That is my caller ID. Check out all my new shows. And feel free to leave a comment in the main page. Leave a review. I always like a fan input. Of course, you can check out all my older episodes right on my original uh, website on Libsyn. That's http full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust.libsyn.com. That's my original home on the internet where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness going from May 2006 right up until August 2013 when I jumped over here to TalkShoe. And then all the new shows from there on are here on TalkShoe. Coming up in August, as I've said in previous times, August and September are my busiest months of the year when it comes to releases, and this year is no exception. Coming up on the show in future episodes, I just got through iZombie Season 1, so I'll be giving you my review of that, where from the creators of Veronica Mars, it's an M.E. with a very interesting job. As well, I also have Season 2 I'll get through to Fry Zombie. I have the, the movie Sniper, courtesy of Sony, from HBO. Season 2 of Nick from Fox. The show's Complications, The Bastard Executioner, and Six, Drugs and Rock and Roll! Also from Warner Brothers, Blind Spot Season 1. Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the Speed Demon, a new Scooby-Doo and WWE co-release. And uh, more uh, Batman stuff with Lego superheroes, Justice League, Gotham City Breakout. And, uh, well, from Sony, Generica and Blacklist Season 3. All coming up right here on Ramble with Russell. So we've got a lot of shows. There should be, there should be hopefully, next week's more Anchor Bay stuff coming, including Halt, Catch, Fire Season 2, The Walking Dead Season 6, and hopefully Ash versus the Evil Dead Season 1. So a lot of stuff on the way here on Rambled Russell. Also, there'll be some more Disney stuff coming on kind of later in, in August. So lots more to come on this very show. Also, I did find out that X-16 is coming out, um, courtesy of great folks at Veritas and Microsoft Canada, August 25th in Toronto, and and I will be planning to attend it. I have to work out how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to do it, but hopefully I should be able to attend this year's show and give you all the latest news on what's coming up for Microsoft and the Xbox One, because this year I actually have one, so it's going to be very interesting. I'm very looking forward to 
that. I did hear back, speaking of conventions and stuff, from the good folks at Fan Expo. And once again, due to space restrictions and just being too damn popular, I've been denied a press pass. So sorry, Ramblers. As much as I like to go to Fan Expo, they are just too big now for us little guys. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm not big media enough to, in their eyes, thankfully not in other people's, to be granted access. So thank you, at least to the great folks at Veritas and Microsoft Canada, who value what I do here. So thank you to them. And thank you to you for listening to my show each and every week. That's it for me, and we'll catch you next week right here on the show. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.